How you doing? I'm doing good. You doing good? Yeah, a little tired. A little tired. A little worse for wear. Trying to get jazzed up mm-hmm. by drinking the seltzer. I think it's gonna work. It's got 29 grams of sugar in it. <gasps> oh my god, does it really? Y- yes. Oh god. Are we gonna be okay? I mean, yeah, I guess. Should we not do it? No, I'm definitely gonna drink it. It's a lot. That's a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. Yeah. Wow. I, I've just been drinking this like it's plain old seltzer. I mean, I don't drink it that often. You thought the limonadas were plain old seltzer, like a flavored seltzer? Yeah. No, that's like not. A, that's not like a polar with like a flavor. But Mm-mm. no. I'll tell you. I must drink at least two of these a week. <laughs> I had no idea. It's the same as like a Coca Cola. <sighs> La. Or a Pepsi. Do you know that Coca-Cola was invented in, like, the 1800s and Pepsi was invented in, like, the 1980s? Was it really? Yeah. Which one's in Atlanta? Coke. Oh, right, because Pepsi's in, like, White Plains. Are you a Coke or Pepsi gal? I don't really care for either, but I guess I would do Coke because it tastes more like sugar. I like Coke because it's not as bubbly. And if we're being real, I like Diet Coke because... I'm, you know. Uh, I don't think you're alone there. (laughs) My mom was like addicted to Diet Coke for years and years. It's a it's an addictive substance. Well, we get like two pallets a week delivered to work of it. Yep, I'm I'm down to like a can a week, which is really good. One can a week. I mean, I don't buy it in my own house, and I only drink it at work. And the work sodas don't last too long. Mm-hmm. So it's like one or two tops. The work sodas last longer than the work seltzers. Yeah, which they is probably do. My, my fault in part, I drank at least three today. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I got a soda hey stream for everyone. $3. I'm still on sodas. <laughs> <laughs> I love seltzer so I love, much. too. I love bubbly carbonation drinks. I love... Any old sort of drink. I love a birch beer. I love a root beer. See, I don't like, I don't really like soda. Ginger beer. Mm. I pretty much like Sprite or seltzer and that's it. But every time I drink Sprite, I feel like super trashy. Why? I feel like I'm just drinking like sugar water. You are. I just want this sugar water because I love sugar. But you are. But here's the thing is that everyone likes it. Yeah. It's not just you. And even if you don't like it, uh, you're addicted to it as soon as you drink it. Girl. Because of sugar. Tell me. It's the devil. Sugar's the real demon. Welcome to Sugar's the Real (laughs) Demon. A health podcast with two people who... uh, we both I think we're in our decline. Bad luck. Yeah, it's not <laughs> health <good>. wise. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> they were in our decline. We both have terrible chronic diseases, so it's fine. Well, a yours is yet to be seen if it's chronic. Oh, I'm fine. I'm oh. fine, I'm, and everyone's great. <laughs> everyone's great. Everything's fine. None of us have horrible illnesses. Yeah, our immune systems are doing really good. Everyone's doing great. And so are you. Our blood's fine. Every 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 blood is fine. None Our of us have hemoglobin. Working cool. Or ghost ghost blood cells. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is that's the spirit. Yeah. Welcome to that's the spirit. Welcome. Um, Steph. I'm Robin. And we're having a hell of a week, y'all. It's only Tuesday. I know. It feels like it's been 
Thursday afternoon for a month, and it's never been Friday or the weekend. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I just feel like I've... Part of me is like I've never been... I feel like I've never been asleep, but then part of me is also like I feel mm-hmm. like I've been trapped in like a boring dream forever. Oh. And then it's like, when am I going to wake up? Dream. <laughs> life is such a boring dream. You know that old children's rhyme? Mm-hmm. Life is a boring dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love it. Anyway... Anyway, guys. Hey, everyone. Hey. We're, I, I think I'm not even just speaking to, for myself right now when I say the research we did for this episode has got me, has got both of us super bummed. Oh, yeah. It's a hard time. I'm feeling bummed. <laughs> I mean, where to begin? Where to begin? Today, um, uh, we're doing, well, we'll begin with this. We're going to do Haunted... I'm going to go ahead and call them asylums, but that's mm. not what they're called now. They're called mental hospitals or just regular hospitals. Does anybody call them sanitariums anymore? I don't even know what the, in all this research, I didn't look up what the appropriate. Clinic? Clinic, maybe? Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, so haunted asylums. And you guys, I'll it, tell you who had a pretty hard time at asylums. Who? women <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not and great. uh i mean not to mention anyone with a legitimate mental illness yes of course but, of course <laughs> but i will say we'll get we'll get to it later on i would but, say um people with yeah. mental illnesses that no one knew how to treat were big victims as well as women with opinions yeah and this was Ooh. spawned by um a couple weekends ago rob and i took a pilgrimage to a old abandoned mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, right and, near, yeah. like, two towns away from where we grew up in Connecticut. Yep. It's, it's called not- Fairfield Hills. Yeah. Insane Asylum. Also, calling people insane is mean. Don't do that. Well, yeah. And it's in Newtown, Connecticut. And yeah. we'll get into it, you know, a little bit, in a little bit. But suffice to say, the, the dichotomy there is... Insane. I mean, seriously, like imagine, imagine you're pulling into like a municipal building lot, like um, you're going to city hall for some reason. I don't know, and or like town hall, town hall, and Mm -hmm. there's like a soccer field right next door, and it's butting up right against it, and you're like, oh man, the soccer field is like right here, right up against this building. Except instead of town hall, it's like a giant, unbelievably decrepit old in abandoned insane yeah, asylum with like with like, like 50 little outbuildings yeah and the glass is busted out of the windows and it's in decrepitude and there's bats flying yeah, out of it yeah it's terrifying there's signs everywhere and even the signs are rotten the get yeah. out signs or stay out like and and there's just like a bunch of little kids playing soccer right next to it it makes no sense and i guess the town of newtown is like um, they, I'll explain, but they kind of are proud of it. And they're like, yeah, we're, this is a, a wonderful place that gave the community <laughs> yeah. a lot of jobs. Like and like, rehabbing yeah, it okay. to make it into, like, apartments. But completely ignoring the horrific scene. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they care. Like, I mean, I... I full-on went into one of the buildings, and didn't a That's cop true. car drive past? Yeah, I was standing watch, and um, also I would not recommend doing this. When you go into abandoned buildings, 
most of the time you're not allowed to because they're structurally really unsound and you can guys hurt it was yourself. Really cool. It was really cool. That being I said, it was awesome. <laughs> Robin, we're getting it sued. It was so great. It Some was poor so child's cool. gonna break their neck in an old house. I don't care. Yeah, so I, I, I stood watch, and I had to pretend I was on my cell phone and wave to a cop that was passing, like Even though it was nothing. My little sister, baby Zoe, and I had had just ripped the garage door open mm-hmm. and just were exploring. Oh, it was so cool! Everybody go, everybody break in, do it. I, I don't know. You. Newtown's gonna be so mad at you. That whole town. I think their main thing is like we got to turn this into a YMCA and a soccer place so people stop visiting. That's we'll not going to keep it. people away. Because there's not a single fence away. up or anything. There's no. a fence around one of the buildings out of like 50 of them. The best one, too. And the coolest looking The coolest one. one. And, you know, what? I'm sure that was like the morgue or whatever or something mm-hmm. scary or fucked up. But So let's, uh, let's start with like a little bit of history about asylums okay. and stuff. I know that they existed in like... The 1800s, and they definitely were some, but a lot of the ones that we can visit now and that are still in existence kind of cropped up around, like, the early 20th century and the 1930s in particular because apparently um, mental hospital patients, the patient numbers increased, like, rapidly during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. And they think it's because... There were so many people who were just homeless or they couldn't take care of their families. Mm-hmm. So they just admitted them to mental hospitals. Um, by 1940, there were around 1 million patients just in mental hospitals. That's so And many. the population was growing by 80% per year. What? I don't know. Don't ask That's me. That's so many. That's what the internet says. Yeah, so lack of funding during the Great Depression, so these facilities are probably horrible. And, uh... Oh, I got... Yeah, I have yeah. a lot to say about that later on. I mean, I... Everybody has, like, an understanding of what asylums were like. They're scary and horrible. I mean, yeah. I There's, there's almost nothing scarier than the idea of, like, an old like, poorly maintained, overcrowded, like, yeah. clusterfuck Do you know what nightmare? I think is, like, even scarier, though? What? Is when they were first started, um, there was this guy whose name I forget starts with a K. Let me see if I can't look it up really quick. But he had this whole idea that was, like, revolutionary. The shape and of he the designed, building. yeah, like... I was looking this up today, too. Oh, like, people who have access to the outdoors mm-hmm. and windows and yeah. space, um, they'll heal. Kirkbride yeah. was his name. Thomas Kirkbride. And that he, this kind like of... a V-shape Yeah, and it was building. supposed to, like, placate the mind. So that's why you'll see a lot of these buildings... They look um, very similar. Yes, and they'll be, like, a, a centerpiece with, like, a little spire... And then sort of a, I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, maybe a 120 degree angle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know math and I haven't done it since high school. I can't even picture what that would look like. It's like a wide V. Yeah, all right. And that's kind of like the shape of the buildings. It was supposed to optimize windows and outdoors views. And, you know, if only seeing a tree... Could heal your brain. 
But, uh, you know, if wishing, wishing made it so. Um, so, yeah, imagine just, like, a beautiful place. And yeah. you're still not getting help. Right. And you still have to go through, like, these horrible experimental treatments, which, I mean, I got a whole, uh, I got a whole list here about oh, yeah. what they used to do to people. So, the big one, I mean. Well, we got to talk about it. Is a lobotomy. Let me just tell you how unbelievably upset I got reading Rosemary Kennedy's, um, the description of how they did that operation on her. Did you read, have you, I'm sure you've read it. Oh yeah, I have like a book about it or something. Yeah. I mean, even looking up, I can't look up pictures of like, how she was, and then how she became. I. Well, you know what is also scary about it is that that would be me. Like a billion percent, if this was if I was born back in the time, somebody would scramble my brain so fast. Yeah, I mean, so fast. To me, the scariest part and the part that made me be like, "Oh, am I gonna barf right now?" Was <laughs> like reading. Somebody who is in the room's description of, like, the actual operation. Uh, I have the instructions right here. Would you like me to read them to you? Well, are, are, is this from hers? Oh, no. Go on. Um, because for hers, they said that when they were doing it, they she was awake for it, and they made her, um, I think, recite the Pledge of Allegiance and the alphabet, and when oh, she I stopped being able to recite it, that's when they knew to, like, that the operation was done, which is, like, uh, the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, I mean... Like, once you can't function anymore, that's when we know that's all set. That's the test, though. It's so, so bad. People, so basically, the, the lobotomy was invented by this Portuguese neurologist, Antonio Igas Moritz? Yeah. I don't know. Noted monster. Yeah, Antonio noted monster Moritz. in 1935. And he got the Nobel Peace Prize for it. <gasps> what? Yep, Nobel Prize for <laughs> Physiology or Medicine in 1949. Fuck that guy. Yeah, later I guess a movement was started to have it revoked. I don't know how it turned out though. Um, <laughs> purpose of it was to reduce the symptoms of mental disorder. Oh, great. Um, did it reduce the symptoms? I guess. But it also <laughs> like, made, like, a million other symptoms and ruined your life. It's like, Yeah, it's like being like, my hand hurts, and it's like, let's cut it off. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, following the operation, spontaneity, responsiveness, self-awareness, and self-control <laughs> were all reduced. Oh, great. Activity was replaced by inertia. Maybe the scariest description of Jesus. having your brain scrambled is activity is replaced by inertia. Yeah. Wow. God. And people were left emotionally blunted and restricted in their intellectual range. Such a fucking nightmare. Not to mention that some of them just died during the oh, operation. Yeah, of course. I'm or, sorry, but yeah. like, even if I think that you're going to put an, an ice pick into my eye, I, I'll probably die just just in anticipation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd go into cardiac arrest like out, as it was happening. Yeah. And then some people also, because of the anguish and turmoil, committed suicide because of their lobotomies. Before or after? After. Oh, God. Yep. I mean, 
it was Walter Freeman, who I guess was a great p- practitioner of this method. Oh my god, I, I, I'm going to be talking about him a little <gasps> bit later. Are? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I won't go t- too much into it then, but he coined the term surgically induced childhood. <gasps> what? And used it to constantly refer to the results of lobotomies. Oh my god. I take it back. That's the scariest way to describe. <laughs> okay, yeah, if your childhood is like being an unresponsive just like zombie. Oh my Yeah. God. I guess so he was a guy who I would call uh, waking up from anesthesia being surgically induced childhood because Sure. You're yeah. never more fun when you've <laughs> when you're on. Did a I lot ever tell you of- about what I said right before like losing consciousness when I got my tonsils out. No, I was I old, so I was I was like nineteen, old maid, and um, apparently I I just tried to sit up really fast in the operating room, like I was counting down with the mask on, yeah. and I I yelled, "Wait, wait! I've got something to say," <laughs> and then I fell asleep. <laughs> and the nurse told me that like after she was like, "What is it? What did you?" And I was like, "I have no idea." So there's some deep, wonderful secret inside me that I uh, can't wait to get out. I love being under anesthesia. I'm so afraid of it. getting stuff done. I hate Novocaine, actually. Oh, I don't mind Novocaine at all. I've I actually kind of like it. two fillings without it. That's how much I hate it. That seems... Ugh. I, I would rather horrible pain. Momentary pain. <sighs> That's fucked up, dude. I just hate being numb. And I I would certainly hate a lobotomy. Well, so here's sure. a... <laughs> So, so Walter Freeman, he developed the transorbital lobotomy. Yeah. I guess there were a couple different varieties. Oh, sure. And, you can uh, do it a bunch of different ways. You can oh, yeah? go through the nose, I believe. You go through Jesus. the eye, which is transorbital. Well, you can make an incision in the actual skull and do it that way. That's the method used for, I'm sure you'll remember, my TV debut as an actress. When you got a nail to the head? Yeah. My only, my one real TV credit is as a lobotomy girl on the History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> that, I... So, uh... I mean, I love that photo to of brag. you lying there with just, like, a blood nail coming out. Like a, like a real doornail, like a... Horror, yeah, like a giant, the head of its square type nail. But you got to really, like go there you were wearing like a fun nightgown mm-hmm. like a ghost girl nightgown yeah they made me lay down on a plank that was supposed to be a like a operating table in a dungeon um but the the head part was lower than the feet part so my blood was rushing in my head the whole time and i got an ear infection <laughs> non-union <laughs> <laughs> it's non-union work it's totally fine Acting. Ding. Um, yeah, so do you want me to redo the instructions? Oh, I wish For anybody you would. who'd like to conduct one? Well, you're going to wake up tonight and I'm going to be putting a chopstick Don't even in your eye. Stop so that. Get ready. Ugh. Say goodbye to yourself. The procedure was performed <laughs> as follows To induce sedation, inflict two quick shocks to the head. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that? Great. And I, okay, yeah. I know how awful it is for me to sit, be calling something crazy when we're talking about yeah. the absurdity it's of okay. asylums, you know but you and that I, is 
bananas. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Wait, so it's just like it's poppycock. Wallop somebody on the head until they pass See, out. See, I can't tell if it's just like smacking them or if they were using because electroshock therapy. They could have just thing. actually shocked them. So if you use like electricity, but either oh, way, both God. ways would probably sedate. Um, <laughs> Morphine yeah. existed then. I don't even know if that's true. Is it true? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Well, I wonder I'll if they... I'll look it up I don't even talking. know. Keep going. Um, step two, roll back one of the patient's eyelids. Already, I am out. Uh, step three, insert a device. They don't even specify. Chopstick. Two-thirds the size of a pencil through the upper eyelid into the patient's head. So it's not even like, I guess, All right, through the eyeball. It's No, it's past it. Up through, yeah. past the eye. Wow. All right, next step. Guided by the markings indicating depth. Okay, so the, the step they skipped is that you've put little notches in the implement so that you'll know how deep you're going. Ugh, God. Tap the device with a hammer into the patient's head slash frontal lobe. Do you know what I don't think I have good control over? A hammer. I think also probably you could just kind of... Use your hand to manipulate it in. I don't think you need to hammer it in. That's I mean, just me. Why do you have to? How far does it have to go in? Wait. Also, morphine was first isolated between 1803 and 1805. Oh God, hundred years. Friedrich Stinger. Hundred years. Yeah, Stinger. Doctor Um. So after the appropriate depth, also not specified, is achieved. Manip. Okay, here it is. Ready? Manipulate the device. Back. And forth. So to it's just like and fro. Waggle it about. In a swiping motion within the patient's head. I I don't know, man. The operation left people with an infant infantile personality. Yeah, no shit. God damn it. Wait. God damn it. I oh, I'm gonna have some dreams tonight, and they're not gonna be the ones I Freeman like. in like an unpublished memoir. Yeah, no one wanna wanna read this, Freeman. Secret diary. Uh he he wrote, quote, personality of the patient was changed in some way in the hope of rendering him more amenable to the social pressures under which he is supposed to exist. Supposed to exist. Wait, wait. Also like I'm sorry, but if you are just, like, socially awkward, getting a lobotomy is not going to be, like, oh, like, that guy was so weird before, but now he's actually, like, really cool and charming yeah. and, like, socially, it, yeah, and I, like, like I don't normal. mind that his eyes look different directions. Yeah, I don't mind that, like, he can no longer remember or There's think. just something about him, you know? Drooling. <laughs> uh, oh, no. The more horrifying quote and something that really speaks to how women were treated in this time was... Who am I getting in in now time? He described one 29-year-old woman, both of our ages, as being, following lobotomy, quote, smiling, lazy, and satisfactory patient with the personality of an oyster. (laughs) End quote. I would, at times... That feels relatable, but I don't. <laughs> well, uh, that's gonna be my new Tinder bio. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Would you, <laughs> you know that my Bumble profile is just "Do you believe in ghosts?" Right? There was <laughs> no one ever answers me. There was. Uh, I, it was right after that Amanda Knox documentary came out. I messaged every single 
guy that I matched with on Bumble, <laughs> which must have been... I, it was at least, like, two full screenshots worth of messages of me just sending to them as my icebreaker, do you think Amanda Knox did it? And I think one guy responded and was like, ha what? The world is full of idiots. And I was just like, no one's for me. But no one's fun. Oh, uh, okay, so I forgot this good this good fact. So that same girl, personality of an oyster... Another thing that Freeman notes, just as an aside, oh, by the way, um, she endlessly pours coffee from an empty pot and can't remember my name. <laughs> also been there, been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freeman ad- advises after lobotomies uh, having like a simple system of rewards, like, for example, he says ice cream or why punishments. Just, why like not just smacks. skip the middleman and fucking kill them? I, you that's know? what I'm like, saying. Just put, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that. Don't kill people. No, but. of course not. But like, you're already. You might as well be. Like, this feels. This sounds like a fate worse than death. Yep. Mm hmm. I mean, by 1951, so that's what, 16 years after this was invented, almost 20,000 lobot- lobotomies had been performed in the U.S. alone. 20,000. That's, uh, how many actually pretty are... recently. Like, I guarantee yeah. we know people whose, like, grandparents and great-grandparents had that shit done to them. I mean, right? yeah. We, I mean, I'm sure there were people... This touched so many lives. Lobotomies <laughs> did. I'm certainly mental asylums did, and certainly... People, every every person's family has had, I'm sure, somebody who suffered from mental illness and didn't get the care they needed, which is a horrible atrocity, and yeah. I hate people who took advantage of people who needed help. But, Ugh. um, yeah, and as, like, as drugs were invented for this thing, thankfully... Bless them. Lobotomy stopped happening. Um, apparently this is all part of this therapeutic nihilism section of time <laughs> where it's basically the, the idea that curing people uh, is impossible. So just oh, treat great. just treat the symptom. I think that's where my therapist is at with me. Yeah. <laughs> so there were, I'll just touch on a couple other um, like whack treatments <laughs> that they had, which is one's called malarial therapy. They or give you pyrotherapy, malaria? kind of. It's like a method of treatment that raises your body temperature Oof. significantly, causing a fever, intentionally causing a fever. Like a sweat lodge or just, how would they raise? It was done by exposing the person to like hot baths, warm air, or electric blankets. I, oh no. I don't like it either. You know that I have a space heater pointed at me 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know that for my 30th birthday, I'm asking for a weighted blanket, right? Oh, I love those. I want one. Oh, I also so at work have an electric blanket that mm. plugs in and electric slippers. I'm afraid of those because I'm afraid of fires, but... I wouldn't worry about the blanket as much as I would worry about myself kicking over the space heater because that has happened and it melted <gasps> onto the like floor mat under it one time mm-hmm. and... I just have to check on it a lot, basically, sure. since then. Just check in on it. There's also something that sounds awesome but isn't called deep sleep therapy. Invented in What's 1920. That? It's just like uh, like drug-induced coma, which they still do for things, but mm-hmm. something tells me they weren't doing it right in 1920. 
Well, I I don't think it's the right way to deal with a mental illness. A mental illness. Yes. Yeah. No, it certainly isn't. Uh, insulin shock therapy. Oh, I've heard about this so bad. Yeah, I guess you're just repeatedly injected with large doses of insulin, and then also then, yes, you go into a coma. Yeah, of course. For several <laughs> weeks, yes. Um, it was used, I guess, mainly for schizophrenia. Oh, and, uh, just what they need. You know, falling out of favor when it was replaced by neuroleptic drugs. Thank the good, kind souls in medicine. I love drugs. Cardiazole therapy or shock therapy. Um, no, not it's cardiazole shock therapy. I'm not sure Is if that I'm saying this right. Regular shock therapy. I I think it is because it was drug induced, oh. used as a circulatory and respiratory stimulant. High doses oh, wow. cause convulsions. I've looked into shock therapy for myself before. Well, electroconvulsive shock therapy um or electroshock therapy yeah. as used to refer to it as is um also just inducing seizures but that's with electrically induced like physical shocks right right well i'm not even sure what the technical term for like modern day shock therapy is because i, don't I know, know people who have gotten it and i yeah. looked into it when like it, uh, years ago, years ago, when I was like really depressed, I looked into it because I mean, it, it it's still around as like a thing, and it's supposed to sometimes help. So I, I don't that, know the if that's true at all, or if it's I I don't really know anything about it. All I know is that like they definitely still offer it places, and you can like voluntarily they sign do. up to do it. It's also I think still used on in low dose with um, previously pregnant women who were suffering postpartum depression. Oh, really? I I read that somewhere. I'm not sure if it's... Well, I'm not sure if any of this is true, but I'm really not sure if that's true. Yeah. Um, but I think... I know that they do, like, brain stimulation with some sort of shock or battery that, like, has worked effectively on depression, but also on... Like, it, it's e- it's either autism or something like that. Where Interesting. Like, temporarily, like it changed the brain of the the like test subject, so that they were like, yeah, for a little while, I knew what it felt like to not be this way. Well, that's and then they I had think. To go back to it. And that's were, the like, thing is that it's really all depressed. Pretty temporary. Like the effects are very short term. Yeah. Of any kind of electroshock therapy, mm-hmm. even when they were just. Shocking people left and right, using, like, those big... Well, you can't shock them all day. They'll just, they'll have a heart attack. They'll, yeah, you'll die. Um, yeah, but needless to say, I mean, if... Especially if you're not consenting to these procedures. Oh, God, of course. That's horrifying. Yeah. And also, I mean, seizures are no... They're not uh, fun. Yeah, you don't want to have a seizure. No, you can have... You can horribly hurt yourself. You... I mean, they used to put... You could, like, bite your own tongue out. You could choke... You could slam your face well, into the ground. they're also terrifying. Yeah, and they're horribly scary. Like, you don't want to have to live your life being like, well, not only can I not drive ever again because they took my license away because I have a seizure, mm-hmm. but also, like, I guess I can't go to the grocery store without worrying about... I'm just talking about regular seizures now, not, like, electronically <laughs> not induced ones. Inducing but, a seizure. Oh, what, I mean, they're just... They're scary. You don't want to have one. 
They're really scary. You're like, you lose control of your body. And you don't remember, like, that day, right. I think, sometimes. Well, I, I think you don't remember the incident, at least. You're yeah. like, oh, how did I end up here? What happened? And people are like, you had a seizure. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah. You know where all of those procedures took place? Hmm. I'll give you one guess, and we went there. Oh! Oh, <laughs> Fairfield Hills? Fairfield Hills. My favorite soccer field? My favorite place to go and run a relay. I mean, I can't believe you didn't know that it, it existed until we drove there. I had, uh, I must have, like, heard people talk about it before because it's so close to us. But, yeah, I mean, I, I if I had to guess, like, I, I remember posting on Instagram about it afterwards and, like, lots of people from around, like, our hometown mm-hmm. commented and were like, oh, yeah, I remember that place. So I guess it's, like... It's well known, and I just, yep. I'm sure kids our age, like, used to go to it all the I mean, time, it but was, I didn't. it was operational until 1985, I'm pretty sure, when pe- places were getting deinstitutionalized. So maybe it was, uh, no, it was probably still cool. Like, I mean, I'm thinking, like, maybe I never heard of it because it wasn't cool yet, but, like, no, it was definitely still really cool. I was on an episode of MTV Fear, Ugh. I think. Which I, I that tried to find, by the way, on demand. Could not find it. Oh, really? Show. Yeah. That's okay. Um, well, yeah, so Fairfield State Hospital, it was called Fairfield Hills Insane Asylum. And it was a psychiatric hospital in Newtown, Connecticut. And uh, at its peak, it had over 4,000 patients, which, I mean, it's that a really big like place, but many. it's a lot. And only, I think I'm getting this right, 20 doctors for those 4,000 patients. That's just absurd. Yeah, 50 nurses and 100 assorted other employees. Okay, it operated from 1931 till 1995. 95? Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. I mean, I know people who worked there as nurses. Yeah. Um, and did, like, their psych units there in school. Yeah, one of my friends told me that her grandma worked there. Dang. Like... It was just like a hospital. Yeah, but they did all these things. And I think, like, the the scariest thing about it, too, is that... And I know that it makes sense that they would build these, but there's tunnels mm-hmm. connecting all of the buildings. I tried so hard to get a photo down into one of the tunnels, and I couldn't. Well, the state of Newtown... The state... I'm tired. Town of Newtown uh, sealed them all off. I know. Because teenagers were going in there to do drugs and hang out. That's, That's what they said. so crazy and reminds me of how, like, did you hear last week about, like, those kids who went into the catacombs and got lost for, like, three fucking days <laughs> yes. because they went down there to party? The catacombs are, they, like, are, like, it's a nightmare. so big. Like, are you kidding me? You're begging to when, get lost when and just, I like, die in the dark. When I visited the catacombs... Alone. Even the section that I'm allowed to go in, I was like, I'm not going. I'm staying, like, real close by to the exit. I've never visited any catacombs, but I have seen some horrifying Reddit threads about, like, people who just got lost in them and died. Like, it just happens all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're so um, gigantic. Odessa. Yeah. Like, there's apparently a huge (sighs) amount of them. And it's just, like, you go down there and... I think they found them with dogs. Yeah, they did. These recent kids? But, like, that was under, I think that was under Paris. Mm -hmm. And the Odessa ones, I guess, are, like, all completely sealed off. 
but there are just like random entrances that have been like broken into so people go in them and I guess like the one that I'm thinking of the girl it was like a young girl like on like New Year's Day or something was like drunk and wandered into it and was like oh I'm gonna explore and then of course like lost her way and just never got out (laughs) which is such a nightmare because it's like pitch black in there you can't you know, oh god, everything about it is uh, claustrophobic. And you're surrounded nightmare. by bones is another thing, which I wouldn't really find that upsetting. But I didn't even think about the bones of it all. Yeah, we're more concerned about the darkness and being lost. I yeah. think bones don't really bother me. No. How about you? No, no, I don't mind. Them. I have that thing of when I'm trying to go to sleep and I bring really bad anxiety, I'll just look at like my hand and I'll like imagine it decomposing into bones. What? That's not a thing. <laughs> My dad owned a human skull for a while. <laughs> no, no. His friend Eric gave it to him. And like you could that. have one too. Just go to Obscura. They'll oh, hook yeah. it up. <laughs> for a hefty um, price. Oh, yeah. Or evolution. So uh, one thing that they also treated, it says here, oh, they used hydrotherapy. Oh, which yes. Which is one that we didn't get into. Mm-hmm. Um, use of the drugs, metrazole and insulin and shock therapy, patient seclusion, electroconvulsive therapy, treatment of alcoholism. Oh, I'd definitely be in one of these then. Ugh, I just from in, like my teenage years. And I, I, I also have a full reason. Well, yeah, a full list of reasons. I mean, I'm just going through the list. I need mm-hmm. all these treatments according to them. Yeah. Um, there's a couple ghosts that live there. I heard. I need to look back at our pictures and see if we caught. Any I have of them. so many. But there's apparently a a woman that just looks out of the windows, which seems you know. Fair enough, just looking out. We did meet a friendly older couple there yeah. with their dog. They didn't seem to... I don't think were, they were ghosts. We saw, I believe it was a, a groundhog, a beaver, a... A beaver. A woodchuck. It was something like that, yeah, hiding in the brush. And we these just, people came up <laughs> as if, like, we were... It, it, as if it was the most normal thing in the world, and they were like, what's in there? And we were like, oh, you mean in this, like, crumbling, like gothic horror foundation yeah. with like a, a, a thicket out front and a like a barbed wire yeah. fence around it and we're like there's an animal there's a woodchuck yeah. and sh- the woman oh, goes yeah. oh i i hope it doesn't get to the garden and we look behind us and there's just a beautiful community garden that they've made a well-maintained community they're trying garden. the whole town's trying to just pretend like this whole thing this structure isn't there and never was there and then, it, but uh, it's there so hard. There are like it's, so it's many so buildings hard. on the campus. There's a we couldn't even buildings. go into them all. No, we didn't even see them all. And so, also that lady was like, uh, I asked her, "Hey, are they gonna refurbish any of these? Because they had I a couple of them are refurbished and yeah. they're using them as like places to regular, play basketball and <laughs> regular such. apartments." Mm-hmm. And she goes, uh, "Yeah, they're trying to, but it's expensive and there's a lot of asbestos, but." Also, and I thought she was going to say something spooky, but then she says, I, I, I think there's some owls maybe. There's got to be owls in and there. And we were like, yeah, of course there are. We were both just like, yeah, I bet you're right. I, I bet my life there's an owl inside <laughs> there. There's a really fun article I wanted to share with you, Robin. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the whole town of, the whole town's like, don't come here. We don't want your business. We don't want you ghost hunting. We don't want you looking around. Stop antagonizing us. And there's, I guess, a $95 fine now if you 
Really? Trespass. Oh, well, that cop car just drove right on past us. I think they're not expecting us to be there in the day. Yeah, that's true. I guess it was kind of a bold move to just walk full on into that house. Yeah, it's not, I mean, well, you went into one of the, so there's like a section of this campus where people that worked at the hospital would live. And those houses, to be Gorgeous. honest, are amazing. And I love I them. I would move into any of them today. All you have to do is sweep up. It's like Name your you have price. a private, like, screened-in porch. And it's got all got, that like, nice glass with beautiful the wooden floors. It's the best. Spiral staircase. Great basements. Gotta say. Yeah. As much as I don't like a basement. I mean, they're, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. And they've let them go to waste. I would lit. I would move into any of them at any moment. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Ready to risk. I it mean, I we'll go to an auction if they have one and see if we can't swing it. So I found this this article that I think it's like Newtown propaganda article because it's trying. You can tell by the way it's written that it's trying to make it seem like Fairfield Hills was just a normal place mm-hmm. and a great hospital that everyone liked. But that if you isolate, no if you isolate fine. the firsthand. Quotes. Well, I'll just share this with you. It says the hospital would become a source of pride to the town and provide employment to hundreds of local people during the 60 years it operated as a psychiatric hospital. It goes on to say, you know, the closing of the hospital in 95, um, you know, really sucked and <laughs> became fair game to ghost hunters. Sure, sure is. Uh, many of the people who worked there, they have fond memories of the place. Yeah. This one lady. I was nice. never fearful. There was always someone around. It was a nice atmosphere. The nurses and social workers were very pleasant. Okay, that sounds like big, then she says, big ghost is well, sponsoring that. Yep. Then she says, quote, working there was much like an office job, except that I was locked in my office. Um, what? So nothing like an office job. The office was just a small square, big enough for a few nurses and the files. The patients were outside of us, all around, and it became clear soon which patients to watch for. Jesus. Quote, One time, a very young boy who was a patient there went off, and it took four guys to hold him down. He had picked one of those oak chairs and tried to throw it. I felt bad for him being held down by all those big guys. This what? isn't an article what that's supposed fuck? to say that this was a, a fine place to be. Oh, it does say that there was so old charts and stuff were kept down in big cages in the tunnels. Ugh. So guess what else is in the tunnels? Cages. And this lady occasionally had to go down there and, um, and check them out. Mm-hmm. She says there were no ghosts. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. But it was very, very eerie, and boy, could you get lost. <laughs> a couple of times I worked nights and had to go into the tunnels. We were locked into the cages there. No fucking way. Because they did sometimes move patients through the tunnels. But I was more afraid I'd run into a rat than a patient. You s- She's what? been coached. She's been coached. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Here's another person. This person is a lifelong Newtown resident. Um, she said, so a year of training was provided to learn to care for the patients on the ward. A year. A year. 
quote, at my first training session, I went into a room and the patient was dead. It was not a good beginning. <laughs> I had to take the body down Ooh. to the morgue through the tunnels. I was scared wow. stiff. Are you fucking kidding That's me? That's a real live quote from someone. First day of work. I work there. I was scared stiff. Oh, it looks what? like they killed this person with a mental illness because they don't understand what they need. Oh. I was scared stiff. I was right spooked by having to. No, oh, it looks like they shocked them the into oblivion and they're just going to hide them from the world now, pretend like it never happened. I was scared stiff. Here's another good one. Same lady. I'd never seen about a seizure. I'd never seen that before. He was down on the floor and everyone was standing around. Oh my god, people. They used Learn to how to handle seizures. <laughs> Check this out. They used to put a pencil under the tongue so they wouldn't bite their tongues then. But they just let him go. What? Yeah. Yep. That's not what you do. Mm-hmm. Wait, even just like any... I feel like even old-timey doctors knew what to do when someone was having a seizure. I don't know. I mean, these these ladies definitely didn't. She says, I liked all the different people there. You'd look in their eyes and wonder what caused them to be there. This woman sounds like a fucking idiot. We were never told. So these people treating these people, they don't even know what they're there for. Yeah, just smiling. They have no idea what they're there for. Yep. Hi. Yep. In the 1960s, patients were expected to just live out their lives at the hospital. Great. (laughs) By the 1980s, the patients had a doctor assigned and a social worker... It was more about transitioning back to the real world. Good. Yeah. Thank goodness. And then 15 years later, they just shut it all down. Man. Uh, They both people remember a big horn would go off if a patient escaped. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll let that one pass. Uh, She goes, my mother lived on Taunton Lake Road. One night, she heard a noise on the porch, opened the door, and there was a naked guy who'd walked there from Fairfield Hills. Oh, no. My mother was quite a character. She held a shotgun on him till the cops got there. Oh, uh, okay. Different times. Different times. Both of these women describe the Didn't people she that... she answered the door with a shotgun? I don't know. I guess they... I guess so. Yeah. Um... They both describe the patients as zombies yeah. quite often in the article. Anyway, so that's, uh... That's what's there. And I will say that when you go, it's, at least to you and I, it's, you can't ignore where you are Mm -hmm. and the feeling that you have in this place, no matter how many soccer matches they hold. Right. It is, I will say, architecturally, it's beautiful, first of all. It has that thing. It's got, yeah, it is the shape of that thing. And it also, just like, is like larger than life. The buildings are huge. Huge, huge. Yeah. So you feel kind of just like dwarfed by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, we can't say crazy. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the times I've said it and all the times I'm going to say it. I'm There's no. We it. can't. Gonna work on fix it. Fix all the words that have ever been said by accident to mean something they don't in this podcast, or can we? No, we probably could, but Robin, tell me, tell me an asylum tale. Oh, girl, let me tell you a tale. So I, I, I did try and research the asylum where uh, Rosemary Kennedy had her shit done to her, and I couldn't really find anything. So 
I struck out on my own and did some research on some more horrifying places. Tell me. And Wait, let me take a sip of this limonata. 29 calories of sugar grams. 29 calories of sugar grams. 29? I said it wrong. Just like mom used to make. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Oh, no. Lunatic, that's another word. Mm -hmm. So... This was a psychiatric hospital that operated from 1864 until 1994 in Weston, West Virginia. So before I start, I would like to cite some sources that this is all directly lifted from. Thank you. Uh, America's Most Haunted, Wikipedia, obvi, ghoststories.com, the Blumhouse website. You know that they do uh, scary movies Mm -hmm. and even Snopes itself. All right, so before construction was even completed, areas of the partially constructed asylum were used to station Civil War soldiers and provide barracks and stables for military horses. So it was like a camp? Yeah. Okay. And there is like an entire part of the war that's referred to as the Civil War wing, I believe. Yeah. Wait, was it for people, was it for soldiers who were... Who had been in the Civil War. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, because it was only, like, they, they used it as, like, camps and barracks right before it was completed. Okay. And then after it was completed, like, I think some of them were sent back there. Is this a combination Civil War soldiers and mental (laughs) illness asylum story? It is. Oh, you're gonna say. What a combo. All right. So, um, in 1938... Uh, Sorry, a 1938 report found that the hospital housed, quote, epileptics, alcoholics, drug addicts, and non-educable mental defectives among the other patients. Oh, Some reasons one could be admitted to the asylums (laughs) during the asylum's formative years included laziness, egotism, disappointed love... Oh, female disease. <gasps> female disease. Mental excitement. <gasps> cold. Snuff. I don't know what it means. Greediness. Imaginary female trouble. <gasps> gathering in the head. Exposure and quackery. Oh, got that one. Jealousy. Uh-huh. Religion. Check. Check. Asthma. Check. <laughs> Masturbation. Well, Fits. Check. Desertion of husband. Not yet, but superstition. Yep. Menstrual derangement. Everybody's got that one. And bad habits. Well, I'm in for all of it. Yeah. You could get put away. Got real bad female disease. Any of those things when this place opened. Wow. A lot of spouses used lunacy laws, quote. To rid themselves of their partners and in abducting their children. I can't... I'm so angry so, just that that was a thing. a gal could get put away for a lot of things. And a lot of times, too, even if, like, you had... I mean, just go on, because I could... For all day <laughs> sure. on this. Yeah. Um, so, a series of reports by the Charleston Gazette in 1949 found poor sanitation and insufficient furniture, lighting, and heating in most of the complex. 
Uh, and also involuntary right, prison of, of people that don't have There is also problems. that. Although practices such as hydrotherapy, electroshock therapy, bizarre chemical treatments, and lobotomies were commonly oh, used, the real problem was overcrowding. Originally designed to house 250 patients in solitude, the hospital held 717 patients by 1880, 16,661 uh, in 1938, over 1,800 in 1949, and at its peak, 2,600 in the 1950s in overcrowded conditions. So over 2,600 people in a hospital meant to house 250. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I get mad when I have roommates. Yeah. Like, so overcrowding obviously led to violence, including reports of patients killing other patients in horrifying and gory ways. The violence extended to employees as well. There are reports of a nurse who went missing only only to be found two months later dead and decaying under an unused stairwell. And lobotomies were in fashion for the treatment of mental health for a while, as we discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, They were trapped. They were thought to, quote, treat a variety of, quote, disorders. So the T-A-L-A, as I'm going to call it because I'm too lazy to say the full name of the hospital again. Sure, sure. Extensively used transorbital or ice pick lobotomies in the treatments of its patients. For those of you who don't know, transorbital lobotomy, yeah, you already talked about this. You put a thing... Pass your eye. You scramble it around. A little ice pick with a bunch of notches. Yep. Um, and uh, this is Walter Freeman we're talking about here again. The same guy as before. Same guy. Um, in Unpublished memoir. In 1952, he performed 228 ice pick lobotomies over a two-week period. <gasps> two weeks? Yeah. Can you what imagine is that? Can how you many per that? day? I can't do even simple math, so I have no idea. But it's got to be. I feel like, like it's at least ten a day, at the very least. Well, uh, isn't two weeks fourteen? No, it's a little less than ten a day, right? No. How many was it? Two hundred? How Eighteen? Two hundred twenty-eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do an estimate. A guesstimate. All right. Jesus and Christ. So that uh, that like whirlwind two-week thing was named Operation Ice Pick and became part of his grisly legacy. He was employed at this hospital, (gasps) Walter Freeman. So I think once he... Have you seen a picture of him? No, I haven't. He looks like he's had, like, 14 lobotomies. I'm sure he did some shit to himself. I mean... Or he just looks like a dummy. I mean, he was probably like, if I have to be like this, I'm taking you all with me. But... Yeah, a fucking monster, and he really, like, I'm sure he tested out some weird shit on the patients at this hospital. Oh, yeah. If he was doing that many of them, I'm sure he was like, I'm going to try this one a little different. I'm just like, going to, like, see flick what my happens. wrist a little bit harder yeah. for this one, and, oh, I'm like dead. Do it at a weird angle. Yeah. I mean, I would like to give people the benefit of the doubt and say that they were doing this to, like, help people and no, medicine take no some dark way. turns. There's if you no knew way. that it like reduced all functions, there's no way you thought that you were. If you were intentionally people. poking someone and slamming them in the brain with an ice pick until they can't say the alphabet, yeah, you're a bad doctor. Yeah, you're not. You're not doing it good. No, first do no harm. <sighs> By the 1980s, a wonderful time. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Was it? I don't we know. were born. Yeah. 
worth it. The whole is <laughs> worth it for us. The hospital by I the 80s had a reduced population due to changes in the treatment of mental illness. Right. Um, those patients who could not be controlled uh, were often locked in cages. Just oh, Jesus. once again with the fucking cages. In 1986, plans were announced to build a new psychiatric facility elsewhere in the state and convert the Weston Hospital to a prison but it ended up closing down for good in 1994. Oh, so it turns out the building could have made a great prison the it whole time, too. It would have made a too. great prison. Oh, what do you know? Who would have thought? It was one the whole while. Well, now for some reason it's considered a historic landmark. <laughs> I kind of wish that people would do, instead of plaques like this way to the ambulatory services, this mm-hmm. way to the soccer fields, they said, hey, look around you. This is where a bunch of people were... Uh, you know, we didn't know how to treat mental disease and yeah. check it out, take a gander. I don't know if it's that kind of historic landmark or not. What do you mean? Like they're proud of it or like, oh, no. it's maybe because of the Civil War stuff? Maybe, yeah. I don't think it's like a let's learn from this type of thing. Man. I don't know though. I don't know. Um, Will America never look the mistakes it's made? You know it won't. With the <laughs> mentally ill in the face. It won't look any of its mistakes None in the of face. them really. Uh, the building itself has been featured on Ghost Hunters, Ghost Ooh. Adventures, oh. shout out, yes. and Forgotten Planet. The owners uh, also offer historic daytime tours and paranormal tours six days a week, as well as ghost tours and ghost hunts on Friday and Saturday nights. We have to go. By We're the going. Way. Um, from the very beginning, hints of paranormal activity surrounded the establishment. Whoa. For example, this sounds a little conspiracy ish, but. Uh, its grounds consisted of 666 acres. Obviously, the 666. I mean, we could just look... I mean, that the town has to have on record, like, if that's true. Yeah, I have no idea. Some of the dimensions of the building were said to be based on secret Masonic cult formulas. I'll ask my dad. I mean, ask your dad, yeah. yeah. Um, as for actual practice, it was common to lock the worst patients in cages... Where they raged like <gasps> animals and wallowed naked in their own filth. Often I would in too in a cage. I mean, yeah, I would rage like an animal. Uh, over and the then years, I'd pee my pants out of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as we talked about, patients were killing other patients as well as asylum workers. There were many reports of female workers being raped. Oh, um, just a horrible place. So, in terms of haunting. Workers on the original building reported hearing squeaky wheels of gurneys rolling along along a tiled hallway. Um, People reported guttural groans and hysterical laughter in empty rooms and halls. What Uh, would you prefer? What would scare you more, a guttural groan or hysterical laugh? Oh, a hysterical laugh would scare me so much more. Me too. Um, at least one doctor reported that an apparition of what she believed to be a former patient followed her to her home. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Those, it left premises. Yeah. Those that have claimed to see to have seen ghosts there include doctors, management personnel, nurses, aides, orderlies, and even janitors. Wow. Slewfoot, a cunning psychotic, murdered another patient in one of the bathrooms of the asylum. I'm and sorry. And now you said did... to haunt that lavatory. <gasps> so wait, you did Slewfoot with a quote, air quotes. Was that a nickname or, or I have a last no name? idea. I, I, I don't know. Slewfoot? Slewfoot. Wow. Bathroom wow. ghost. Moaning Myrtle Moaning of Myrtle. his time. 
but just a murderer also. Yeah, and apparently the ghost of an even more terrifying unknown murderer supposedly haunts the cells in the solitary confinement wing. Oh, man. Yeah. So by the time it had closed in the 90s, it was already well known as like a haunted, scary, terrifying place. What do you think about the idea of having a solitary confinement wing in a mental hospital? That seems weird to me, right? I mean, isn't that just like have private rooms for the people that need like a little bit more That's like just let them go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, if you don't want them to interact with anyone there, let them go home. All right. Oh, no. So one of the most haunted areas is known as the Civil War Wing, oh, where the ghost oh. of a soldier named Jacob is set to haunt. Ooh. And I wrote down, I bet he's super cute. That's what I just thought. <laughs> I was right? like, Jacob. Can you imagine? Like, oh, to be honest, uh, any kind of a soldier ghost from that time period, I'm all Can't about. Can't get it. All right. Wait. Um, <laughs> what? But which side? I don't know. Because I'm not into a Confederate ghost. I mean, I, I, I'll I do a little digging. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Then. So this is the most famous we'll ghost at the place, and it's the spirit of a young girl named Lily. Aww. Who is said to wander the halls looking for a playmate. Um, according to legend, she was either dropped off at the hospital as an unwanted infant or was born there. Nobody really knows. Um, she's said to die, have died from pneumonia at age nine and plays with a menagerie of toys set out in her former room dedicated in her memory. So there's actually photos that you can see online of, like, the room that was supposedly hers and it's just, like, got random toys scattered all over the ground. Mm. Um, one tour guide said Lily's spoken to visitors before and that her music box plays on its own often. An EVP taken in her room once captured her saying, thank you for the snacks. Yeah, I actually know about this After a local historian left a box of Cracker Jacks out for her. Yeah, I heard that story somewhere. I love that. So if you ever feel the urge to hear a little ghost child giggle, this is a great place to go since that also happens a lot, apparently. You know Um, what I bet, so she died there, right? Lily? Yeah. As As a child then. Yeah. Because another thing that I read a lot about is that a lot of these people, because of the overcrowding, mm-hmm. they would die from, like, TB. Oh, yeah. And malnourishment. Right. Of course. I'm sure. Well, Not I'm even sure if like, you had anything contagious, they already so much didn't care about you that I'm sure that they just let people die left and right. Right. And also, and like, like, I have TB. You're crazy. Yeah, Shut up. Yeah. Uh, like, I no, I'm coughing up blood. Like... All right, well, imagine like, that. You have imagination disorder. Go take a go take a 19-hour bath. God. Yeah. So Lily sounds like a almost cliché child ghost name. Yeah, well, I ended my little paper about this by saying regardless regardless of whether or not you think that's heartwarming, re Lily. Uh, it's important to remember how many people needlessly suffered unspeakable violence and trauma from being admitted to the hospitals, especially women. Mm. So that's just, like, something to think about. I mean, we're already thinking about Dude. it, and I never stop thinking about it. I know. This is barely even about ghosts, and it's more just about, like, the horrible mistreatment of people. <laughs> <laughs> In asylums! But, like, if if there were ever good reason... To haunt the shit out of someone, it's because, like, some asshole doctor was like, no, 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 no. You've got, like, cramps? I know it'll help. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking lobotomize you. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, like I you guess it'll like- help in that I'll be brain dead. 
Yeah. It I it's I I can't understand it. And I also feel like these places I mean, we haven't even really got into what we why we think ghosts stick around, but if somebody tortured me unfinished business yeah like i was just my life was ripped away from me by a doctor who didn't know what the hell he was doing yeah i don't think i could maybe move on either and that makes me really sad so if you go to these places if you visit them please have some respect guys because you know what horrible atrocities happen people really really super bad suffered and I found this article from May 9th of this year about, did you hear about this, uh, Mississippi Medical Center? No. All right, this article is by Doug Chris, CNN, May 9th, 2017. Officials at the University of Mississippi Medical Center have known for some time that there were bodies buried on its <gasps> campus. They just didn't know how many until now. Cultural surveys and sonar on the medical center's campus in Jackson revealed that up to 7,000 bodies may be interred there. What? Yeah. Why? So, basically, this is a university now, but from 1855 to 1935, it was known as Mississippi Asylum for the Insane. Oh, no. And the dead buried there are thought to be deceased patients from the asylum. Oh my god. Yes, 7,000 of them. Are there dorms on top of that? Can you it's not a. It's not dorms, it's a medical center. So it's like a medical building. I guess classrooms and stuff. Oh my god. Imagine you are staying late to do some work and then you go out in the hallway and you're the only person there and Mm -hmm. then you see a ghost and then it comes near you. And then you're like, I wonder if there might be 7,000 dead bodies underneath my feet. Like, oh god, like, so they didn't even. I feel like someone's in the room or 7,000 ghosts. Yeah, or just like 7,000 unnamed, uh, anonymous dead ghosts. So they didn't even know that. This that there were bodies there until they started trying to expand the campus. I hate when that happens. Yeah. You don't um, even know, and then all of a sudden they're all there. Yeah. I guess it started with, it says about 2,000 bodies were discovered buried on campus. Oh, no, this is recent. So they were trying to build a new parking garage. Oh, no. And they found 2,000 bodies. Um, exhuming and reburying every single one. I mean, now that you know there's 7,000, I just don't think, they just can't do it. It's so expensive, I guess. So what they're doing is relocating as, I mean, as many as they can. And because I, I guess they're saying it would cost $21 million to do. To relocate them? Yeah, to exhume and, and relocate them. like, uh, do you kind of owe them that. That's what I think as well. But instead, they're digging them. Instead of digging them all up, the medical center wants to exhume just some of the bodies. Why? Build a memorial to the patients and make them available for scientific research. And I can appreciate that they're building a memorial. Yeah. And that they're going to study these conditions. Um, in a way, I guess maybe making it a memorial will make it a great a resting place. Instead yeah. of just a school and a it parking garage. It would be nice garage. if they could, like, I don't know, identify any of them and reunite them They're trying their to. They're trying to. Yeah. Based on hospital records, 35,000 patients stayed at the asylum. Oh, my God. And, like, what, seven to, How many times does seven go into 35? Seven? A good chunk of them just, just died. 
and were unclaimed by any family or relatives. So that's that's only the ones that died and no one came to get them. Jeez. Think about that. Ugh, or no one ever, or they didn't have that. anybody to tell or they wanted to hide it. Or they like maybe even didn't know who they were anymore. Yeah. Or were actually, you know. Man. Ugh, life is a nightmare. And it also said in this article that no asylum cemetery has ever been exhaustively studied and no remains have been tentatively identified. What? I guess ever. So they're not even trying? No, they are now. These people are. I mean, also, it's there's people here who say that when you drive past it, you can hear screaming at night. Sounds right to me. I'd believe it. Sure. I would um, scream just on my way driving past it. This is also one of those, I'm sure this happened with the one that you were just talking about too, but after the Civil War, they started having segregated wards. It's whole a whole nother horrific thing inside of a horrific thing because those wards were, like the African American wards were treated much worse. Ugh. Much much worse and more african-american patients died of respiratory illness like tuberculosis and Mm. vitamin b deficiency because they were just being fed molasses and corn oh my god then they did of their like illnesses or any other type of yeah affliction jesus yeah it's not good there's one instance of this woman who's trying to find her great-grandmother um whose name was beulah which i love i love that name um and she was admitted to the asylum after her husband was sentenced to prison for murder. It's not her fault. Nope. Around 1901, the husband <gasps> later remarried. So he's <gasps> just out. That motherfucker wasn't even in jail forever? Yep. And listed her as dead in the census. Though she didn't actually die until That's decades later. That's worth haunting. That's uh, she's worth haunting fucking him. haunting this place. Beulah, you haunt until the world is over. Oh my and then God. please rest. then please rest peacefully forever also I guess this woman was also admitted um, rather committed not long after giving birth to her son no yeah and everything is so bad I mean no one thought postpartum depression was it no one thought any of the things that women said was true (sighs) or real oh no yeah this also lists a bunch of other people that are hoping to find their relatives there. Also, they want to kind of look at the skeletons and remains to see mm. if, uh, to see what was like one of the prevailing illnesses then that they didn't really recognize because syphilis. Yeah. I mean, your your brain is, it I don't really you, know, it just it makes like you. makes holes in your brain, right? Yeah. And probably there's not too much brain tissue left in these bodies, but it also causes your bones to kind of get a little. Holy, I guess. Or so maybe they can test the bones for it. They can. It's like um, they look like they're like like moth-eaten, like oh wow, holy in the bones. Huh. Yeah. So I guess they can see if there's any signs of that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it reminds me. Neither of us do. I mean, syphilis symptoms always remind me a bit of like mercury poisoning where like by the time you know what's going on it's already kind of like too late mm-hmm. I don't know if that's even true I don't know if what I said was just true but I do remember I, don't know either. I read a horrifying article 
a, a long time ago about like a doctor who was maybe not even a doctor, like a scientist who was working in her lab and got like a was wearing gloves, like protective gloves, <clears throat> and got a drop of some really like some weird kind of mercury on her glove and like you know like wiped it off and was like whatever I have my gloves on it's fine and then like just still ended up just like I, I I'll look it up at some point but I'm pretty sure like horrible 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 like radiation kind of side effects started happening to her like you know like her teeth fell God. out and like all this shit and then like she just she died from mercury poisoning, but, like, I think it took, like, a full year after she got this one drop on her skin for Dude. it to happen. And I think about that all the time. That's why you're not a scientist. And that's the one and only reason why yeah. I'm not a scientist. Let me see well, if I can figure out who that was. Please do. In the meantime, I'll just, I'll just say, as a reminder, please don't go into a haunted asylum... Or an abandoned building. Don't get don't get hurt or arrested or fined. Rob and I are professional. <laughs> we're yeah, not professionals. we're professionals. Okay, so I found this like instantly. Great. All right. So her name was Karen Wetterhan, and this happened in nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. I yeah. thought this was like when. It, oh man. Wetterhan uh, spilled one or two drops of dimethylmercury from the tip of a pipette onto her latex-gloved hand. Oh, my God. Not believing herself in any immediate danger, she was taking all recommended precautions. She proceeded to clean up the area prior to removing her protective clothing. It turned out that the kind of mercury she was handling, like, could seep through latex. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah. Uh... Three months after the initial accident, she began suffering brief episodes of abdominal discomfort and noted a significant weight loss. The more distinctive neurological symptoms of mercury poisoning, including loss of balance and slurred speech, appeared in January 1997, five months after the accident. (gasps) At this point, tests proved that she was suffering from a debilitating mercury intoxication. (gasps) By the way, I'm just reading this straight from Wikipedia. Um... She was admitted to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Despite aggressive chelation therapy, her condition rapidly deteriorated. Three weeks after the first neurological symptoms appeared, Wetterhan lapsed into what appeared to be a vegetative state punctuated by periods of extreme agitation. (gasps) One of her former students said that her husband saw tears rolling down (gasps) her face. I asked if she was in pain. The doctor said it didn't appear that her brain could even register (gasps) pain. So she was removed from life support and died June 8th, 1997, less than a year after her initial exposure. I am never going into a science lab. Don't touch a single chemical ever. After this episode, I'm not even going to the hospital Remember how I told you about radium girls also? Oh, yeah. Stay away from all of it. I would have been one of those for sure. Oh, well, we've come to the end. We've come to the end, and guys, not not as many ghosts as I know you might not have Not as many ghosts for. and more just really horrifying tales, <sighs> true to life But this tales. is an important one because it does lay the groundwork for what I'm sure will be a rich future of talking about haunted hospitals, asylums, mm-hmm. um, sick houses. Oof. 
all sorts. Yeah. I think I made up a sick house, but I hope. I, I mean, don't I know hope what I a sick house is. I don't, don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you if you know of any places around you that were home to a bunch of shitty doctors, or if anybody you know or relatives of yours worked in any kind of like asylum that was closed because of bad practices, mm-hmm. anything like that. I'm just in- interested to hear what it was like from that point of view. Yeah. Bad practices, that would be really interesting because a lot of the ones that we were looking up were just closed because of deinstitutionalization. A lot of people in healthcare, like my mom's a nurse, and she would say, I guess at the time it seemed like it was a, a better thing, a good thing. Some people thought it was good, but I'm, everyone in healthcare was like, this is a travesty. Where are these people going to go? Yeah. They don't know where to go. And by then, I think it was it was kind of on the upturn. Like, we were starting to sort of realize how to treat people. Right. And then they just of- quit. They shut them all down. Because <laughs> the government wants you to be sick. Stop. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well... That's a convo for a different. That's a conspiracy episode. theory for never. We, we should never get into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that off the air. Yeah, it'll be fine. You know, I love conspiracy theories. Oh. Not like in the sense that I believe in them, but I just like love hearing about I them. I love to hear about them. Reptilians is one of my favorite. Ones. <laughs> I love that one. Reptilians. I I worked for a chiropractor who full fully believed in reptilians. What I like more than that is people who think that there's. Um, isn't there a theory that there's like a moon inside the earth or something like that? I don't know that or there's one. something inside the earth. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them out there. If you just go to the Wikipedia like master page for conspiracy yeah. theories, just just as the Wikipedia master page for unexplained disappearances mm. or unsolved mysteries is really good. You know, just click around. You're I like have a moon great time. inside the earth. I like that one. Stop. I'm so sorry for making everybody be sad from this episode, but yeah. also it's an important thing to learn about. And it's important. And last time, all we did was scream about demons. Yeah. And uh, this is a real demon tale for all of you. The real and demon. We, and we touched on how people humans. with uh, people with that were mentally unwell, they just thought were possessed by demons. Yeah. And this is the other side. Yeah. Well, they just thought you, uh, you know, needed to have your brain scrambled. Well, they, I, I think that most mental illness was just lumped into one general category of being, like, abnormal. And they were like, well, we're not going to bother finding out the nuances of why this person is this way. Mm-hmm. They're just lumped in with, you know, the rest of these people in the hospital who aren't functioning in society properly and so the way we deal with that is we like destroy them yeah and um that's really horrifying and it's people, really horrifying people of color and women especially had it pretty not great yes and i will say now as me personally and i know too as your pal you individually mm-hmm. both of us have wrestled with our own mental wellness mm-hmm. And there are a lot of resources and people now who can actually help you. So don't hesitate to get help if you're oh, yeah. looking for it. The Psychology Today website has an amazing tool for yeah. finding therapists. I d- nobody should try to give you a frontal lobotomy. It should don't be okay. Do it. Don't. I mean, if anyone suggested, don't go for it. You don't know what elect you do? It. You just you 
you go limp like a toddler and you just do noodle arms and, and melt onto the ground so nobody can force you to do it. I feel like that's exactly the state. They, they're going to sh- smack you, shock you twice in the head. You're already <laughs> You're right. sedated at oh, that God point. Damn it. Don't do that at all. Run yeah, away. Punch them, in the, punch them in the jaw and get out Bite, of there. Bite, kick, whatever you got to do. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Oh, if you have any any additions, anything you want to talk about, any ghosts you'd like to, you'd like us to try to learn more about or con not contact. I'm not going to contact <laughs> any ghosts. Um, do you have any ghost tips to go out on? Oh, ghost tips. My ghost tip is break into abandoned buildings, guys. It's really fun. Damn it, Robin. But also. Don't like shake anything and release dust because you don't know what's in that dust. Just go in there, definitely break into places, check it all out, mm. steal things. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I would say, um, if you hear a a painful groaning coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. it's like a like a you know five out of ten, six out of ten alert. Mm-hmm. If you hear a maniacal laughing, hysterical that's, laugh, that's that's uh, you're in real danger. You should get out of there. The maximum. Yeah. And you should leave. Yeah. Or if you hear maniacal laughter, what would happen if you just started laughing back at it? Mm, Probably not. I don't want to test that one. No. Yeah. But yeah, please do email us at uh, that's the spirit podcast at, at gmail.com. There we go. You can tweet us at. Spirit Pod. Spirit Pod. And, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Oh, also on Instagram is that's the Spirit Podcast. True. We have some pretty fun vintage photos of ghosts. Oof, there are so more oft. coming. Oh, there's such a, a plethora. There is such a glut of wonderful, terrible We're Victorian never gonna photography. Out. All right. Uh, we love you. We love you. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Bye.